Women in Leadership podcast. I am Jessica Gomez, one of the co-fellows of the center. And I'm Dr. Andrea Thompson, the other co-fellow for the center. Well, thank you for joining us today. How many times have we either said this to ourselves or maybe heard another woman say, what am I doing here? I don't belong. If you've ever felt like an imposter at work, you're not alone. According to a Time online article, these feelings are known as imposter syndrome, or what psychologists often call imposter phenomenon. An estimated 70% of people experience these imposter feelings at some point in their lives. Today, we will be talking with Tequila Lamar, head of schools for the Centennial Academy in Atlanta, Georgia, on this topic, imposter syndrome, the what? why, and how to overcome it. Tequila, welcome to the podcast. Can you please tell our audience a little bit more about who you are? Thank you so much, Jessica. Uh, And thank you as well, Dr. Thompson. I am Tequila Lamar. And as you said, I serve as the head of school executive director of Centennial Academy, a kindergarten through eighth grade conversion charter school in downtown Atlanta. Um, I have worked as an educational leader uh, for the majority of my career. So spanning the past 15 years uh, from crib to college, I actually served as a director of an early learning care Center with the YMCA, and I've also worked um, at Clark Atlanta University as a director for uh, Upward Bound, ensuring college access for first-generation college students. Uh, but I've been at Centennial Academy for the past eight years, um, and currently I serve uh, as that head of school. And so, for me, education has been uh, my career's passion as well as my purpose. Wow, Tequila, you are busy. Isn't she there, Jessica? Well, I was busy. Okay. (laughs) So now, imposter syndrome is that overwhelming feeling that you don't deserve your success. You know, where you become convinced that you're not as intelligent, creative, or talented. So, Tequila, this is a twofold question. One, what more can you say about what imposter syndrome is? And have you ever experienced it yourself? Mm-hmm. Let's start with the latter, and it is a resounding yes, right? Let's name it. Let's own it and be comfortable. Jessica, as you said, 70% of people have experienced imposter syndrome, um, and it's something that we certainly see with both men and women, um, but I would have to say we certainly see it among women, right? It's something that we deal with um, as well as minorities, and so I'm glad that we're having this conversation to out it so that people People don't feel like they're alone because that's the first part, thinking that something is wrong with you and that you are inferior. Um, so I did a little research, you know, because this is something that I certainly have dealt with. And I think to uh, Dr. Valerie Young, she is the founder of the Imposter Syndrome Institute, as well as the author of the book, The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women, Why Capable People Suffer from the imposter syndrome and how to thrive in spite of it. And so let's think about it is capable people, but it's the negative self-talk that we tell ourselves. It's that internal voice that it's saying that you are not competent, but that voice is really unrealistic. It's unsustainable and it's fueling that self-doubt in our minds. And Dr. Young actually identified five different types of imposters. And I'll, I'll share that with you all today. I thought this was so interesting. 
So number one is the perfectionist. So this is the person that says, I should deliver a perfect performance 100% of the time. My work should always be an A plus. I certainly was that kid, right? I had to get an A plus every single time. Number two is the expert. If I were really smart, I would already know everything I need to know about this. The third is the soloist. I believe true competence is equal to my own unassisted achievements. I must do everything by myself, never having to ask for help, right? Number four is the superwoman. If I were really competent, I would be able to do it all and do it easily and well, right? Wearing that cape. And number five, the natural genius. I judge myself on ease and speed. If I were really competent, it would come quickly and easily and naturally to me. And so when I think about those five different types of imposters, I certainly have seen myself at some point exhibiting all five at different points in my career. I think uh, over the past year, particularly with COVID happening, I've seen myself as the superwoman trying to do it all. Uh, how many of us as school leaders are now trying to be uh, not only curriculum and teaching and learning professionals, but also medical experts and still trying to be a great mom and a great wife at home. Um, so I definitely have struggled there. And as I mentioned earlier, I have certainly suffered from the perfectionist since childhood, and that has shown up in my career as well. So I think all of us can find ourselves in one of those five uh, different scenarios. Thank you for sharing those. Thinking like, yes, I, I, and as I was researching for today's podcast, I also came across those and I thought, wow, I, I like you, the, the whole superwoman idea that we just have to do it all. And that if we're not doing it all to the highest standard, then something must be wrong with us. Right. So I, I appreciate you sharing those, uh, those, those five types, because it's very important to understand the difference um, between them. And so this really is a really great segue into our next question, which, um, you know, when we deal with imposter feelings, especially as females, we often doubt our own intelligence and talents. And we think that anyone who believes otherwise is only being nice, right? Or somehow they've been fooled by, by I put on a good show. Uh, what are some, so you mentioned the five types and you mentioned a little bit of the symptoms that go along with it, but what more can you say about some of the symptoms of imposter syndrome that we, we might want to be on the lookout for? Sure. I definitely think that we need to listen to that internal dialogue, those red flags, particularly words like should, always, never. Uh, my husband calls them the absolutes. So when you start saying things like, I should know everything in my field, or I, I never ask for help, right? I should be able to do it all. Those words, those red flags are triggers that you are starting to exhibit some of the things that show up in imposter syndrome. Those are great. And, and as you were saying that, I, I catch myself doing, doing that. And so, yeah, I, I try to catch myself with, with those, um, with those words because it happens, it, it happens so easily in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Oh my goodness, this is such a rich conversation. I'm loving it. So Tequila, so there's no single answer as to why people experience imposter syndrome because you share the types, you shared all the things that we should be looking for, the many different words and so on. Now, some experts believe that it has to do with personality traits, 
levels of anxieties, while others focus on family or behavioral causes. So, in your opinion, what in our profession would drive female educational leaders to experience imposter syndrome? So, I know it happens generally across all organizations, but within the context of the education system, what are some things that could trigger imposter syndrome? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that question, Dr. Thompson. Um, I actually think about something that we are learning in the NAESP Women in Leadership book study. Um, Currently, we're reading the confidence code. And what we've discovered is that a lot of us are struggling with confidence. Um, And there is a lack of confidence that is often seen by women, uh, particularly in the workforce, and not feeling good enough to apply for that position. Going back to those red flags, I should be able to check off everything on this job description, right? They'll never hire me if I don't meet all of their criteria. And those are the red flags that we tell ourselves that stop us from applying for those leadership positions, uh, particularly in education. I think about the statistic that over 76% of teachers are women but only less than a third are actual superintendents. So what's causing us not to pursue uh, those advanced professional opportunities in leadership? And I think it's the lack of confidence. And we need to cultivate confidence the same way we do any of our muscles, right? I think about me getting on that Peloton back every morning. I have to build up my stamina, but we also need to build up our confidence as well. And, and, you know, that's 100% true. And being part of book studies or being part, um, you know, going to conferences, reading, and just, you know, really t- filling our brains and our souls with all of this rich information is really what we need to to try to to combat this imposter syndrome and the lack of confidence. And, you know, we've talked about, so you've shared with us uh, what imposter syndrome is and really love that you shared the five different types uh, and why it might come about, right? So research has shown that one of the first steps to overcoming imposter feelings is to acknowledge the thoughts and put them in perspective. And at the very beginning, you, 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 you said it very clearly, just name it, right? Realize it, that it's happening. What might this look like as we, as we think about um, how have you maybe overcome imposter feelings or possibly seen others overcome these feelings? Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for that, Jessica. Um, so I just mentioned one, uh, being a part of the book study with women in leadership. I think really being able uh, to cultivate your team of champions and advocates and finding other people that are going through it too, recognizing that you are not alone. Finding those that can be your advocates, your cheerleaders, your supporters is really critical. Um, recognizing those red flags, hearing that inner dialogue. I think all All of us have that inner critic, but we need to cultivate that inner champion as well, right? And that speaks to building up confidence that you deserve to say good things about yourself, that you can accept uh, a compliment about your abilities, not doubting your capabilities and not doubting your competence. So really cultivating that inner champion and surrounding yourself with that team and that tribe of champions, whether that be a book study or, as you mentioned, going to a conference, educating yourself, being prepared by reading uh, 
um, learning, going back to school, get that degree, get the certificate, do the things that you need to do to be able to stand in front of that mirror with the real superwoman pose, right? Not just the imposter syndrome, but believe in your capabilities and all that you can do and extend grace that it doesn't have to be perfect every single time. And you don't have to know all the answers and embracing that you can ask for help because you deserve it. I think those things have helped me and I believe they can help others as well. Thank you, Tequila. Those are wonderful pieces of advice and how to overcome these feelings that are bound to happen to all of us. So thank you for that. Thank you. Wow, that was powerful. So Tequila. Um, thank you so much for being with us on this um, podcast. Um, you shared so many gems, so many great insights on one of the greatest challenges affecting female leaders, imposter syndrome. So it's so important to remember that success doesn't require perfection and that we need to offer ourselves kindness and compassion, like you said, grace, instead of judgment and self-doubt. I'm going to repeat that. We need to offer ourselves kindness and compassion, that grace that Tequila is talking about, instead of judgment and self-doubt. It's normal for educational leaders to experience moments of doubt, but remember, it's important that we do not let that doubt control our actions. I love what Valerie Young says in the book that you talked about, The Secrets of Successful Women. You can still have an imposter moment, but not an imposter life. You can still have an imposter moment, but not an imposter life. So Tequila, what are some last words, tips, or advice you might want to say to us or share with us? I will end with reminding all of us to start the day with a positive mantra or affirmation. Um, And one that comes to mind for me is I am worthy. I am enough. And if we can continue to shift the narrative that you're lacking or that you are incompetent with, I am worthy. I am enough. I think it will really help us to understand and to combat the imposter syndrome. So thank you for allowing me to share that. Thank you, Tequila. You left us with some great, great mantras. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you both.